Good evening, this is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We are going to continue in my book reading. We're in Chapter 13, and this is going to be Part C. As I said, it's going to be in different sections because it is very long. Um, this is entitled, Christ is the only man born that was supernaturally conceived by a spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. We must always read scripture in context as it is written. Jude 1 3 Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which once delivered unto the saints. Verse 4 For there are men. There are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude just told them how men have crept in unnoticed and how they will turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Then he says, I will therefore put you in remembrance of what? How God punishes those who sin against him. So let's continue reading. Verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. He destroyed them that were of unbelief. Okay. Number six. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, served in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. He has reserved the fallen angels, or the angels that sinned, that kept not their first estate, which was heaven. They apostatized from God and followed Lucifer, then left their habitation. All right. When you look up a state in the Thayer Dictionary, the definition is beginning origin, the person or thing that commences, the first person or thing in the series of a leader. The first place, principality, rule, magistry, and then of demons, of angels and demons. Habitation in Strong's, it's the number G3613, and that is Oketerion, neuter or a presumed derivative of G3611, and it means a residence, a habitation, a house. The angels apostatized, leaving their heavenly estate and left their residence, i.e. their habitation. This has nothing to do with angels somehow changing themselves into humans and procreating. That is impossible. Why? Because God did not at any time give the angels the power that he alone has. Jude 1 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, 
suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here he continues to remind them how God judged and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for sexual sin. Again, this has nothing to do with the fallen angels or the angels that sinned. It is only another comparison on how God passed judgment and executed punishment. Number one, he destroys those of unbelief. Number two, he chained up the uh, angels that sinned because they apostatized. They left their own estate. Their, they left their first estate and their heavenly habitation. Number three, those who committed fornication and abusing their bodies with those of the same sex. Strange flesh. So Jude was putting them in remembrance. You see, if God did not spare them, and if God destroyed them for these sins, I'm putting you in remembrance, so you know what? You will not do the same things that they did. These are our example of those who will suffer the vengeance of eternal fire. Jude is reminding us about this, not in any other way, by saying that the angels that sinned committed sexual sin. It does not say that, not at all. Verse 8, likewise also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. Where it says, likewise, these filthy dreamers, now he is referring back to the men that crept in unawares. Keeping it in context, then it is absolutely clear what Jude is saying. But once you begin to start picking verses out and creating doctrines from that, you get in all kinds of mess of trouble. Let the word interpret the word and keep everything in context. In context, he is warning them about men that have crept in unaware and that these men, this is what they're doing. And then he reminds them of the sins from the past and how God create, how God condemned it and how God destroyed it and who it was. He destroyed the unbelievers. He enjoyed, he uh, destroyed the angels that sinned, that left their first estate. They apostatized. And then he destroyed those that had committed sexual sins. All right. That's what it's saying. It is not, it is not saying that this is about the angels. It's about the men that had crept in unaware and the sins that they were bringing in that people didn't even understand was a sin anymore. And he's reminding them this is sin and this is what God does. Now, let us go to Second Peter. Again, reading it in context. Second Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 1 through 3. But therefore, but I'm sorry, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. <clears throat> and many shall follow their pernarious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetedness shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here Peter tells us that false teachers will bring in damnable heresies, and many will follow them. Now, Go back to Jude, reread that. 
basically, I don't know if you want to say Peter is parroting Jude or Jude is parroting Peter, but it's all in the word of God. Both, both these men are warning us that there is going to be false doctrine, false teachers that's going to creep in and they're going to start teaching things that are not of God, that is not biblical. So, and then he says that they will make merchandise out of them, basically selling them a bill of goods. That they, and look at it this, that are based on unbiblical teachings such as fallen angels, procreating with human women, having giants as their offspring, living in Antarctica, waiting for the day to come and reveal themselves. That is nowhere in the word of God. That is nowhere in the word of God. Yet people believe this because that is what is being told. It's, you can't find it. It's not in the word of God. All right. So now exactly as Jude Peter puts us in remembrance of those who sinned and how God judged them. Second Peter chapter two, verse four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. They left heaven, their first estate, and their habitation, remember, which was their home, and walked away from God. So they apostatized. Second Peter 2 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the worldly, the world of the ungodly. Reminding us again how in the old world, only Noah, the eighth person and preacher of righteousness, was saved. All the others, according to Genesis 6, had evil imaginations and on their hearts continually. All right. Second Peter 6 and 7. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live godly and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Then Peter goes on to remind us of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, explaining as Jude that these are our examples. They're our examples. It does not say that the angels, that those in Sodom and Gomorrah sinned like the angels. It does not say that. It does not say that. Read it in context. Now go to verse 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Peter reassures us that as God delivered Lot, because his soul was righteous and he was vexed day and night from seeing and hearing, he can deliver us too, which he will at the last trump. We go up, the wrath of God comes down in the form of vials. It comes in succession. Those left no longer able, those people that are left here on earth are no longer able or even have a desire to repent at this time. And just as the judgment came down and took them of old by surprise, when the seven vials begin at the first resurrection, those left will be taken by surprise as well. 
Because it says that in that day, they're going to be eating and drinking and marrying and giving and marrying. All is going to be well. Well, I'm sorry. If there's millions of people that has disappeared seven years before, you know, they're not going to be thinking all is good. They're going to know there's something, a problem. There's something up. That's not how it's going to happen. How it's going to happen, as soon as that last trump is sounded, we go up. The wrath comes down. It's simultaneous, brothers and sisters. That's how it's written in the book of Revelation. It's going to take them by surprise. And you know what? There's no turning back then. There's no turning around and repenting then. They're going to even curse God. They're going to call, call to the rocks to fall on them and hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. That's the word of God. All right. When we read the Holy Scripture in context, there is no confusion. Now, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, 3, verse 19. Now, this is going to get something that, you know, it's going to take God Almighty to give us the wisdom to understand. And we really need to understand this because this is one of the verses also that Catholicism has used to prove that there is a purgatory. I believe it's also Mormonism, if I'm not mistaken, believes that you can pray for the dead. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. They're dead. It's done. It is appointed unto man once to die and then after that, the judgment. There's no second chances. Now, first Peter chapter three, verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Preached. <clears throat> oh, this is. This computer's acting funny. Preached in the uh, Strong's is K. Rosos of uncertainty, affinity to herald as a public crier, especially divine truth, the gospel. Preach, preacher, proclaim, publish. Spirits. Pneuma. That's in the Greek. Thayer. The third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. Um, sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his personality and character, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his work and power, the Spirit of Truth. Never referred to as a depersonalized force. The Spirit, i.e. the vital principle by which the body is animated. animated. The rational spirit, the power by which the human being feels, thinks, and decides. The soul. A spirit, i.e. a simple essence devoid of all or at least all grosser matter and possessed of the power of knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting. A life-giving spirit, a human soul that has left the body. A spirit higher than man but lower than God, i.e. an angel. Used of demons or evil spirits who were conceived as, who were conceived as inhabiting the bodies of men. The spiritual nature of Christ, higher than the highest angels and equal to God. Higher than the highest angels of oh, the spiritual nature of Christ. I was like, I was confused. They're like, what did that say? No. And the spiritual nature of Christ, which is higher than the highest angel and equal to God, the divine nature of Christ. The disposition of influence, which fills and governs the soul of anyone. The efficient source of any power, affection, emotion, desire, etc. A movement of air, a gentle blast of the wind, hence the wind itself. Breath of nostrils or mouth. Now prison. Uh, this is in the Greek also and it is fulake or fulake. 
guard watch, a watching, keeping watch, to keep watch, persons keeping watch, a guard, sentinels of the place where captives are kept, a prison. Now, this prison is always talking about humans, not angels. Angels do not go there. I will show you that in just a few. So hold on to your seats on that. Now, First Peter chapter 3, verse 20, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Again, we're going to go to the Greek. Disobedient. G544. This to disbelieve willfully and perversely, not believe, disobedient, obey not, unbelieving. Now question, ask yourself, since when did the angels quit believing in God? Never. They know God exists. They may tell you he doesn't exist, but they know God exists. It never says that demons believe. I mean, it says that demons believe and tremble even. Demons have never disbelieved in God. They know he is. Now, the word sometime, this is important. This is the part that we need to understand, is called pota. And that's G4218. What that word means is from the base of G4225 and G5037, indefinite adverb at some time ever, a four time, at length, the last ever, in the old time, in time past, once and when. So let's go back up to, well, I'll pull it up on my Bible here. So that's First Peter 3.20 we want to go back to. First Peter three. Sometimes it takes a minute. All right. First Peter three twenty. When sometime we're disobedient. Okay. When sometime we're disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Okay, that's very important. Let's continue. Let me get back to it. Whoop, wrong one. Here it is. <clears throat> Ouch. Oh, it didn't come up. Hold on, here it comes. All right. Now, 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who was gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. The Roman Catholic Church have used these verses to try and authenticate purgatory, salvation after death. That is twisting the scripture and is not saying any such thing. Then many others will use this verse to speak of the angels that sinned, but that is not so either. One especially important reason this is not speaking of angels, because angels are not placed in this prison. Angels are placed in a place of their own in chains of darkness called Tartarus. 
Go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment. Hell, abyss, is only used one time in the New Testament. This one Greek word referring to the abode of the angels that sinned. And that is called Tartaru. Okay? That's G5020. The deepest abyss of Hades to incarcerate in eternal torment, cast down to hell. Total KJV occurrences one. Now, let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 8, verse 30. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. The deep is abuso, abyss. Okay, that is G12. And it is a variation of G1037, depthless. That is specifically infernal abyss, deep bottomless pit. Humans do not go into the bottomless pit, and angels do not go into the prison that the lost is kept in. But after the millennium, they're all going to be thrown into the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. Okay? Now, if you look up abyss, you will find it's the same Greek word, G12, abuso. And that means abyss, deep, bottomless pit. Hold on one minute, one minute. Okay, the abyss, the bottomless pit, the deep are different words for the same place. Okay, it is a literal place of punishment for spiritual beings that are at enmity with God. Abyss is an English translation of the New Testament Greek word abuso. And like I had told you that before, it's depthless, infernal, abyss, deep, bottomless pit. The word clearly de uh, denotes a pit or hole that is unbounded, immeasurable, and a part of the underworld. The, the KJV translates abuso as the uh, deep, in Luke chapter 8, verse 31, and Romans chapter 10, verse 7. Now, we find the word translated as the bottomless pit in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 11, and then chapter 11, verse 7, chapter 17, verse 18, chapter 20, verse 1, and verse 3 which gives us a clue that this place is in the deepest depths of the earth, probably spherical in shape and therefore without any bottom. Bottomless pit. Now, Tartarus. The KJV uses the word hell to describe the place where the fallen angels were cast to await judgment. We just read that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. However, the Greek word is not Hades, which is translated as hell. It is a different Greek word, Tartaru, and it is a differ, different, and it is different from the place of torment referred to as Hades or Hell. Tartaru is thought to be the deepest abyss of Hades and Hell. It is the place where God holds in chains those angels that left their first estate, the angels that chose to join Satan in his rebellion against God. June six, June six.
The angels are held there until the day of judgment. Tartaru is conceived to be a place of absolute darkness because Peter referenced it to his second epistle. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to Tartaru, hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now, we know very little about Tartaru, but what little the Bible does tell can be summarized in this. There are no humans in Tartaru, only the angels descend. Those in Tartaru are bound by chains of darkness, so there can't be flames of fire. Now, this is this person's thought, not mine, and I'm going to tell you why. There can be flames of fire. He says there can't be because it's dark there. But if you grew up around muckfields, sod farms, well, it's muckfields, it's really not sod farms, muckfields. If you grew up around them, you would know that it's pitch black, these muckfields are, right? And if they caught on fire, you would not see the flames. Oh, but they're on fire. You definitely don't want to be stepping on them. I don't know why that is, but it can be on fire, but you can't see the light from the fire, but it's burning hot. So that right there, I've got to disagree on. The restraint in chains is not forever. They are reserved unto judgment when they will be released and judged. Okay. As you can see, angels are not held in the same place as those who die in their sin. So what is Peter saying in these scriptures? Again, 1 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 19 through 21. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, putting away, not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> Jesus preached to these that are now spirits in prison through Noah, a preacher of righteousness, in his day. Jesus used Noah, a preacher of righteousness, to preach to those in the days of old who were at the time Peter was writing this epistle, spirits in prison, who were aforetime disobedient, unbelieving. God, being long-suffering, waited 120 years for them to repent while Noah built the ark. Not at any time did he go and offer salvation to the spirits that were dead. The men that had died, but their spirits obviously alive. Nor did he offer salvation to the apostate angels. This is not what this is saying. It is appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. There is no second chance after you die. Go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now, I'm going to stop that there. And then we're going to bring it all back in. We're going to go to Genesis 6 next time around. Because putting this all together, prayerfully, you will understand it. 
by the wisdom of God. I love you all so very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters. Your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived. Till next time, be blessed, be blessed.